we're going to have about a 20, 30 to 20% reduction in your mileage. We're not going to go to like that peak, that visual. We're not going to go all the way up and come flatline down. We're going to come down slowly. You're going to reduce that long run. And you're going to find yourself feeling good on, on the, that run. And that's where we want you to stay. And then we'll go down a little further the next week and even a smaller amount that next week but you're still gonna keep it going. It's just, it's really incremental, it's gradual. It's a taper, little by little by little. So here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this episode. This is episode 91 on the Healthy Runner podcast, and we are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group talking about tapering. Yes, race tapering with our very own Healthy Runner coach, LaToya. Welcome back to the show, coach. Hello, guys. Happy days. Happy morning, evening, fresh on your run whenever you're listening to this. Hope you guys are having a good day. Yes, yes, yes. I am super excited about this topic. This is something that is very relevant um, to us as we're talking about this now live, but I'm sure there will be many runners who listen to this episode in the future right before their race and want to know how to taper correctly. So what Coach LaToya is going to do in this episode is we're going to be talking about why tapering before a race is important and how do you properly taper? She is going to answer some common questions like, should you be tapering before a race? Why is tapering important? Do you lose fitness when tapering? How many weeks before a race should you start your taper? How do you properly taper for a marathon? How do you properly taper for a half marathon? And then what we all want to know as runners is, what should I eat during taper week, right? So so common. We get these questions all the time. And that is why we wanted to do this episode so we can help more of you who are about to go crush your race. So as I mentioned, Coach LaToya is no stranger to the podcast, really. You guys should know her by now. She is one of our healthy runner coaches who has helped many of our athletes crush their half marathon, crush their marathon goal. And she is also a moderator within our Healthy Runner Facebook community. And she has been on the podcast before for some deep dive episodes on how to run without mom guilt, which was episode 30, as well as talking all things running mindset, which was episode 78 on the podcast. So we're going to get started with our dynamic warm up. I know you've given your bio before coach, but just in case they haven't listened to that, they're new in our community, they're just listening to this episode for the first time, uh, kind of give us the brief rundown of where you live and what race are you currently training for now? All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, Coach LaToya right here. I'm coming to you live from Wallingford, Connecticut. I've been in Connecticut my whole life, but um, I actually did run a marathon in Alaska, so that's pretty 
pretty little bucket note there for me. It's off my bucket list, but I am a very busy coach, coaching with several of our athletes who are crushing their goals. And I can't wait to see them do that. I am also a, a mom. I'm, I'm working my thing, doing my thing. And, and I'm happy to say that I am coaching and doing my mom life and working while training for a full marathon. Yes, it is possible. It's not too crazy. You can do it. Yes, you can. I will be running 26.2 miles, October 9th in Hartford. So excited. So pumped. Two week taper is here. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh man. I'm so excited for you. And how long tell the listeners, how long has it been since you ran your last marathon? A long time guys, double digits, double digits since 2010 was the last full that I ran oodles and oodles of halves, five K's, 10 K's, all that stuff in between, but 26.2, I, I knew it was going to happen again. And it'll happen again after this one, but it, it, it's finally happened and it couldn't have come at a better time. It's just, it's just right. Funny how life puts everything in place and it comes together. So we're going to do this. I know that is, uh, that is honestly amazing. So coach Latoya and I have pretty much been running the same half marathons for like literally two plus years now, because Hartford two years ago, we ran together um, and we've been doing half marathons. And when she kind of said she was doing a full this summer, I was like, really, you're going to do a full. And she was <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, man, she is brave. And yeah, you are crushing your training. And we just did our long run together um, this past <laughs> weekend and coach is looking strong. She is ready to crush 26.2. So I'm so like excited for you, especially after over 10 years. Like that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's definitely exciting. Yeah. So this is definitely a topic that is going to be very relevant to you right now because you are in taper. Um, you're in taper time right now. And so let's start out with our first question here, coach is, should you taper before a race? The coach's favorite answer. It depends. <laughs> It depends on what the race is. It depends on how long it is. But the answer is there is typically a taper going on. A taper is going to be a reduction in your volume, not your intensity, a reduction in your volume over, over time. So yes, there should be some sort of taper, especially if you're doing uh, a long distance race, a 26.2, 13.1. You definitely want to have a taper in there so you can start at that start line fresh mentally and physically. All right. So I know you mentioned volume. So for those novice runners out there um, who aren't familiar with that term, what do you mean by like volume? Volume is the, uh, in this case, is the amount of mileage you're putting on your body. In addition to the other things you're doing, volume could be your strength training sessions or your cross training that your volume is going to decrease, not nil, but it's going to decrease as you progress towards your race day. It's going to, it's going to shorten. All right. And why is that important? Why, why, what is the importance of decreasing that um, kind of total miles that you're running per week before your race? You, you want to start at the finish line. The finish, well, you're going to get to the finish line. You want to start at the starting line, fresh, ready to go mentally, physically. You put in weeks of training. Your long runs are in there. You want to let your body have some of that growth and recovery really happen. And it, it keeps you Really, it, it keeps you from overusing, overuse, and overtraining yourself. It's going to give you just enough of a setback to start fresh and strong when you're ready to, for race day to happen. 
Nice. So we're getting our legs fresh and we're probably um, really because we're actually not running as many miles per week. We're basically decreasing our risk, right? For having an injury or suffering an injury an overuse type injury from too much workload before the race. So I like to think of this of like risk to reward ratio, right? And kind of you know, what is the risk that you can actually wind up having some aches and pains or, you know, suffering an injury before your race versus what's the reward that it's going to give you if you've already kind of had this running fitness built up. So I guess that really leads me to my next question, which is, do you lose your running fitness when you're tapering? Like you're feeling good, right? You're either hitting your mileage, you're hitting your paces, on your runs and you're feeling like, Hey, this is like the best running shape that I've been in, in a really long time. Are you going to wind up losing all of that when you are tapering? That is so uh, such a common question that's asked. Am I going to lose fitness? If I slow down, if I, if I reduce my mileage, absolutely not. You are at your fitness level and you're going to maintain all those weeks worth of training and effort. If we compound and add more on or keep right where we are, we're, we're going to lose that sweet spot. We want to stay right where we are and maintain where you're at. You're not going to lose fitness because we're reducing volume, but you're still going to be working. So you're not throwing anything away. In, in actuality, it really is beneficial to get that extra free time for your, your physical to recover, to keep you fresh. That's so, so important. That extra little bit of, of time with your reduction of of mileage is so good for your recovery and your growth to keep you, like I said, ready to start fresh and, and pumped at that start, start line. Yeah. And I was actually, I, I forget where I saw this, but I, I did see someone kind of do like a little bit of, of a, a line graph, if you will, of like tapering and like mileage. And, and it kind of clicked with me because I'm like such a visual learner and I know this is a podcast, so we're not, you know, showing visuals right now, but if you could imagine this as you're out on your run, um, you know, if you're thinking about kind of like a line graph tracking your mileage per week and it's increasing during your training, and then you get to this peak, it's like a mountain, right? You get to this peak. Think about how you feel when you reach that like peak mileage. Like for me, for my half marathon training, that was last week, that was 37 miles, in my week, that was my peak week. How did I feel? Think about how you feel when you've run the most amount of miles in a week. I know for me, I didn't feel great. Like, yes, I felt great mentally that I accomplished it, but my body definitely did not feel great, right? So if you think about that, when you've run your most mileage and think about how your muscles feel, how your body feels, that's not how you want your body to feel going into your goal race, right? If you're looking to either run your longest distance you've ever run, or you're looking to actually run fast and you have some time goals, or you're looking to get a PR or a personal best or a personal record. Um, you know, you want to think about being fresh and, you know, having your legs not feel like how they do on peak week. So if you're looking at that line graph, you're like going up the mountain, you reach your peak, and then you're coming down that mountain. And then that is when you want to really be able to run your goal race, because your body is actually going to be recovered and feeling fresh without, as coach Latoya said, 
losing that running fitness that you've built up. So your aerobic capacity, your cardiovascular system, like everything that you've built up, the mitochondria, those little cells in your body that you've built up during all of those training runs, all of those weeks, it's not like it kind of gets eliminated, you know, the second that you stop running that long of a distance or stop doing that many mileage per week. So as coach said, you know, it's not something that's going to, you know, be gone right away. And I think it's just so hard for some of us to understand that because we feel like, Hey, I got to this number of miles per week. Like, shouldn't I be staying there in order to do my race? And yeah, it's just not, not true. And, um, you know, I guess, you know, next question for you coach is really, you know, when does tapering begin? Like how many weeks before a race should we start tapering? So what we're going to talk for, I think for the sake of our, our conversation, we'll talk about uh, larger races, you know, 5Ks have a whole different conversation, smaller races, one mile, t- totally different conversation. But for, for our conversation, we'll stick with 26.2, 50K and, 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 you know, half marathon at three weeks or two weeks. Depends on what your high volume is. Depends on um, three weeks is, is, is nice. It's gradual two weeks. It's going to be a little bigger of a, of a of spot, but three weeks is a doable number because like I said, that comes down, um, mileage, small, small, it's not a big all or nothing. It's just a slow progression, keeping you fresh, keeping you moving until you can build back up strong for the race day. So in a nutshell, between three and two weeks. Yeah. And I would say probably three weeks is probably the most common for the marathon distance. Um, For most folks is really when you want to start, you know, three weeks before your race, that's when you want to do your, your last longest run. So whether it's, you're doing 20, whether you're doing 18, um, you know, that's when you want to pretty much think about doing your last long run. And then do you just go from like that 20 miler to the next week? I don't know, doing like eight. How does that work out? That would not be a good choice. We're going to have about a 20, 30 to 20% reduction in your mileage. We're not going to go to like that peak, that visual. We're not going to go all the way up and come flatline down. We're going to come down slowly. You're going to reduce that long run and you're going to find yourself feeling good on, on the, that run. And that's where we want you to stay. And then we'll go down a little further the next week and even a smaller amount that next week but you're still going to keep it going. It's just, it's really incremental. It's gradual. It's a taper little by little by little till you're ready to, to fly again. And the, you could probably speak to this because this literally just happened to you um, where you ran 20 the week before, and then you and I just ran 14 on Sunday. Um, how did that 14 feel for you? <laughs> oh, it felt wonderful. It felt great. I was like 14. I can handle this. It's, it's you got to play that game in your head. You know, it's only it's, it's I can do this. I've done 20. I've done it's your, if it's a half, you, you know, you've done 12, you've done 13. You, you feel so much more accomplished and say, Hey, I still don't have gas in the tank. I could keep going. Yes. That's what you want. You're tapering miles to feel like I could still keep going. I have gas in the tank. Yeah. And I've got some free time. <laughs> and and this was like so eye-opening for me because we have many of our athletes on our team healthy runner um, training program. 
you know, some are running a full marathon, some are running a half marathon. And so I'm running the half marathon and literally 14 was my peak where I literally haven't, you know, I only did 14 miles once, which was before my July half marathon. So I pretty much did that maybe like July 4th weekend. So it's been a while, right? Since I ran 14 and it was hard as heck for me because I haven't run 14. And then you, you get all these people who are training with a marathon. They're like, Oh, 14, this is nothing. So it's like <laughs> crazy how like perception works. Right. And when you build up, you know, when you reach that peak and you get to 20 and then you start tapering 14, it's like, Oh, this is a breeze. Um, but yeah, you want to think about, you know, gradually kind of decreasing that during your taper time. Um, and then the next week kind of bringing that down a little bit more. So you talked about kind of marathon about three weeks out. Yeah. Half marathon, I would say definitely two, um, two weeks, you know, even some people could do a little bit of a week and a half, but usually two weeks before your, you know, goal race, you want to think about running your last longest run. So for me, that was my, you know, long run on Sunday, our race is two weeks, technically 13 days, um, you know, before that or after I should say. Um, so you want to think about that two weeks and, and really, you know, think about bringing that long run down a little bit. So you are able to still stay fresh and run and get in a longer run, but it's not as taxing on your body, right? So you can allow for that recovery um, that you need. So how do we, let's go back to the marathon for a second. How would you say we properly taper um, for that marathon? I know we talked about kind of weeks, but are there any other tips, any other things that you think is important for runners to know while they are tapering um, for the marathon? While you're tapering for the marathon, you are going to have some more free time. That doesn't mean go out and get crazy and do some new things or add additional miles just because trust the process, take the, the newfound freshness that you have in time and use it in, in other ways. Um, the marathon taper, I think, because it's three weeks typically, is it's gradual and you've got just enough to keep you feeling mentally here that you're, you're working and your legs are not going to get you exhausted. I, I think it's important with the, the full marathon to respect the distance and not add anything on and just trust that process three weeks out. Don't, don't, don't push it and don't shorten it. it that's, you know, if, if you don't, if you're barring an, an injury, which is what you're not looking for, you definitely want to stick with the plan three weeks out, find something that you haven't done with that newfound time and, and stick with the process of gradual reduction. Your, your week, weekly runs are also going to shrink a little bit, just a little bit, but it's important to stay with it slowly and not just taper too large. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not going to like, Hey, I'm just going to like stop training essentially. Right. We don't want to, our body doesn't like these drastic changes and about even in our <laughs> schedule, right. And in number of days that you're running per week, um, you know, I would keep that the same unless, you know, you're, you are feeling run down unless you are battling a kind of mild injury. Um, then you want to think about adding in, you know, an extra recovery day here and there, but our body likes to, you know, routine, it likes schedule. And you want to think about, you know, keeping 
the same days that you were running, um, just really doing a little bit less. And I know you mentioned before, but you kind of brushed over it quickly where you said, um, we're going to decrease the running volume, but not the intensity. What do you mean by that? So the, your mileage is coming down, your intensity, the effort, your, your RPE, your perceived effort that you're using is going to ma be maintained. You, you're going to stay fresh. You're doing less mileage, but the same intensity. If, if you have a, a, a RPE to hit or a rate of perceived exertion, or you have a time to hit in your um, tempo work or in your speed work, you're going to hit it. You're not going to go faster than that. You're not going to go slower than that. You're still going to hit that same amount of effort that you're putting in. Um, your conversational run is a conversational run. You're feeling fresh and excited. You have less miles. Am I going to run faster? No, you're going to keep the intensity just the way it should be. Um, now's not the time to, to add extra sprints into it because you've got less mileage. I'm going to run faster. We'll do some fart licks. No, stick with the intensity. If it's a tempo run, hit your tempo paces based on RPE or the time your coaches have um, prescribed to you. If it's a conversational run, keep it as just that. And you'd be really, really pleased with yourself because you, you've kept the control because you've got the end result in mind. The taper is all about gradually coming back strong and fresh to the starting line. And if you, if you don't play with the, the secret sauce, don't, don't add anything special, just keep the intensity right where it is. You will be ready to rock it on, on the starting line. All right. So from what I heard from that is not add too many ingredients into the uh, secret sauce there, right? And stick with what you've been training with and what you've been working with. So Coach Latoya is really, you know, telling us if you have been doing faster, harder effort runs during your training and you're doing tempo runs, you're still doing tempo runs at that same tempo pace or effort level that you were doing the week before, two weeks before. Maybe there might be a mile less um, in that run. You know, that first week of taper, maybe there's two miles less that second week of taper. If you have been doing interval training and you're doing track workouts, then you're definitely going to still run at that speed, at that pace that you've been running, but maybe there's less repetitions, right? Maybe you're not doing, you know, six by 1200s or six by 800s. Maybe you're doing four by 800s or four by 1200s. So I hope, you know, that's clear for you guys that we're not really just kind of eliminating all fast running. Um, we're still getting the physical benefit of those specific runs that are in your plan and getting your leg turnover because we still want to maintain some of that leg turnover. We don't want to basically go into your race feeling flat, right? And like you haven't run in a while. Like, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I don't run for like really two days, but definitely if I don't run for three days, like I feel flat on that next run. Like the legs just feel like what is going on here? Like, it's almost like you forgot how to run. Um, for those of you who are here on the live, like, let me know, have you guys ever felt that before? Because I know I do. How about you coach? Definitely, definitely felt flat on a run. And, and I, I think I've made over the years of my training, I've made that taper mistake where I'm tapering. I'm going to take it easy. I'm tapering. I'm just going to run everything at easy peasy pace. I'm fine. And that's exactly how I, I showed up to races flat. I, I took it too, too literal and I tapered too much. It's so important to keep that intensity moving. We are such creatures of habit. Our bodies have trained for weeks. Monday, you do this. Tuesday, you do this. Wednesday, you do this. 
keep it the same. Don't don't play with too many things. It, intensity is so important because your body knows what you're looking for that feel. And it's going to help you again, mentally feel like I can do this. If I keep at those tempos and keep those intensities up, conversational is conversational, track works, track work, keep it going all the way down till, till the end. Just don't clonk. Yeah. Stay with it. Yeah. And I would, I would also add in, you know, during this time period when you are tapering, um, and, and pretty much everything that coach Latoya just talked about, um, you know, applies to the marathon and the half marathon, you know, the difference really is the number of weeks, essentially is the half marathon. You're thinking like two weeks out marathon. It's a little longer period that you do need to taper down. Um, but one thing that I think, you know, all of us as coaches feel really strongly about is especially for those that are doing the marathon, um, your strength training definitely needs to be adjusted during taper time and definitely needs to come down in terms of resistance with the amount of weight that you are using, whether if you are using external load resistance, then you definitely want to think, you know, lighter weights, lighter loads. Um, this is not the time that you are trying to actually get stronger, get more powerful, trying to get hypertrophy in your muscles. This is not the time whatsoever to do any of that. So if your body's used to strength training, like mine is right. Like we consistently do it. Like I know you do Latoya, um, then definitely exercise, get some strength work in, but your resistance comes down. If you're used to using a 20 pound kettle bell, right. With a single leg squat or a lunge, right. You're going to bring that down to maybe, you know, 10 pounds or five pounds or use body weight. Um, and I would also say, you know, maybe you don't do as many exercises, right? So if you're strength training for an hour, then maybe you cut that back to a little bit of 45 minutes. And usually what I tell my athletes is, you know, let's spend more time with the soft tissue care element of like, you know, our five tips for healthy running and do more foam rolling, do more stretching, more warming up, more mobility exercises during this whole taper time that is going to help you more for your race than actually strength training at this point in time, right? There's a time and a place for everything. Taper time is not the time to actually really focus on strengthening. What are your thoughts? I think you're, you're not going to see any gains in the next three weeks. If you were to try and hit the, the weights hard and, and, and get uh, growth that way, you're going to actually find the exact opposite because you're going to create all that um, need for, for recovery because you're, you're lifting hard and heavy and Again, it's, it's a reduction in the volume, your time on your feet with the strength, with the lifting, a reduction in your, the weight. And that extra time you have is used totally for, again, your soft tissue. I'm, I'm such a big uh, stickler about that foam roll and stretch. And there is no excuse during the taper because we've taken that time away from the running because of the volume being down less miles and the, the weights you've already taken that down. You can really, really feel the benefits of more soft tissue work during the taper. You, you, you may have been a little neglectful <laughs> during the other few weeks. You will be so thankful if you can find that extra time that you're not lifting and not strength, body weight or weights again, but using soft tissue mobility to say, Ooh, I, I probably am a little tighter than I thought. And it's going to, you're going to, it's going to show up in your next run the benefits of that foam work. Absolutely. The mobility work will show up 
in your next run and you're going to say, huh, maybe I should have done this 12 weeks ago and maybe you'll keep it going further. It, it will work. And so what I really want you guys to think about is I do have a lot of athletes that almost feel guilty, right? And like, oh, but I can't not get distracted. Like, I, I think it's amazing that like we've built our message into like so many people <laughs> where they value the strength aspect and they know the importance of it, which you guys know, if you listen to any other episode, like, yes, you need to strength train in order to run in order to stay healthy. But think about those peak weeks, right? Think about when those weekday runs got like long for you. So if you're running the half, maybe you were running six miles, seven miles during the week. If you're running the full, maybe you're running 10, 12 miles during the week. And you were like, oh my goodness, I got to get to work. Like, I don't have time to do any stretching. I don't have time to do any foam rolling after my run. I got to hop in the shower. I, I got to fly here and get to work. Like, this is the time to catch up, right? Like give those muscles the love that they need, they deserve. So they feel nice and fresh going into your race. I think that's like such an important concept, you know, for those running the full marathon. Um, so, you know, that week of the race, you know, no strength training, right? Yeah. So you kind of eliminate that down. Usually for half marathons, I'll have my athletes doing, you know, either Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, getting in one strength session, but again, at a reduced rate, resistance, load, not as much, and maybe reducing the number of exercises and the time that you are lifting. Let me take a quick pause from this amazing episode to share a really cool product that can help you stay safe while running. Knox Gear's signature product, the Tracer 360, keeps me safe and lit up from all directions during my 5.30 a.m. running, but now the days are getting longer and lighter here in the U.S., and I wanted to take a moment to share with you their amazing little Bluetooth speaker called the 39G because it weighs only 39 grams and is perfect for listening to podcasts like you are now or music during your run, also while keeping you in tune to your surroundings. I actually was fortunate enough to meet one of the creators of Knox Gear, Simon Curran, and Jamie Miles from Knox Gear as they shared Knox Gear's story and how they created their signature product using engineering principles. Pretty cool stuff and an interesting story to say the least. So I invite you to check out episode 43 on the Healthy Runner podcast to hear from the creator himself. Knox Gear is all about runner safety, and I am pumped to have them as a supporter of our healthy runner community, because in case you haven't realized, we are all about runner health and safety here. Running doesn't need to be painful, and it doesn't need to be risky and dangerous. Running should be that outlet providing us the mental clarity we all need to be the best human we can be to those around us, whether it's our family, our coworkers, or those in our communities. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order at knoxgear.com to receive 35% off your purchase. Go ahead and give Knoxgear a try. Trust me, you will never feel safer. Now let's get back into our episode. So we talked kind of weekly mileage. We talked about, you know, maintaining your quality effort runs and running faster. We talked about decreasing the amount of strength training and increasing the amount of soft tissue care. Anything I forgot, any other things that are important during this kind of taper time that folks should know? Well, let's talk about, we're gonna, I, I want to talk, hit, I'd like to hit on two topics. 
One is going to be footwear. During the taper, you've got 300 miles on your old sneaks. You got a brand new shiny pair. Do you wear them the first day on race day? No, you don't. You take them out during your taper. Make sure you don't have any rubbing, any movement. I don't care if they're the same pair of shoes you have worn for the past four seasons. Take the new ones out. Go get some miles on them. Make sure you don't have a manufacturer's defect where something rubs that didn't rub in your other two pair. Get some miles on. That is so important. People want to save them. Just like your first day of school, you wore the brand new outfit or your brand new shoes. Don't do it on race day. Totally different. Nothing you haven't worn or done before. Wear the sneakers. Get some miles on them. Nice and bright and clean. Show up on race day knowing they're going to be successful. That's a big deal. I just got my new pair of sneakers in the inn and I'm kind of excited and don't put some miles on them tomorrow. Am I going to wear them race day? Absolutely. Will they be worn in and felt? Will I feel confident that I know that I'm not going to have a problem on race day because I did this? Yes. A little nerve wracking. If I show up race day with brand new sneakers, one more thing to worry about. Don't do it. You've already got so much going on. You want to put that energy into to the race, not thinking about your toe rubbing. So that's a big deal. Clothing, whatever you're going to wear, don't wear your brand new shiny outfit on race day. Practice it during the taper. That's so, so, so important to do. So important. We've all been there where we've had, we started a run in something. We said, Ooh, this isn't working for me. Don't let race day be you. Don't let that be you on race day. Mm-mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And actually felt that, um, this past weekend with my 14 miler, um, I didn't change the insoles. I usually, so I use two different types of insoles. Um, one of them is the victory insoles that we talked about in a previous podcast episode. And those I usually use for my kind of everyday racing uh, or running shoe. And I switched out kind of the insole that I use for my speed or race shoe. And I put it in that sneaker and I literally got a blister on the like inside of my toe um, from the 14 miler the other day. So even though I've run in the sneakers before and I've run in those insoles, just in different sneakers, it just caused a different wear pattern for running. So I would echo those sentiments as far as your sneakers and your insoles and your socks, because they can make a difference, um, believe it or not. And you do not want to, especially if you're running the marathon distance, um, to get a blister and have to run through that because that is certainly not fun. Agreed. 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 And you know, that just goes to show we've all experimented and done things and say, Oh, what was the problem? You're ahead of time. You don't have to worry about it. You know what not to do, you know, to make sure you've got the right insoles and the right sneakers before race day, you've already had that faux pas that won't happen again. So it's one less thing to worry about in your head, which is important. You've got all that stuff going through your head for the past 12, 14, 16 weeks of training. That doesn't have to even enter your mind. And all those other things that you had jumbling through, like while you're on your long runs, 20 miles, you're out there for several hours thinking about, should I paint the shed? Do I want to clean that closet? I think we should clean the gutters. You know what? I got that taper coming. I think we're going to go pull up the ladder and clean the gutters. Probably not the time to do that, guys. Sorry. I know you've got this reduction in your volume that the coach just talked about free time and go clean the gutters. Don't do it. Don't do it two weeks before the race day. You, you don't want to do that. That's something I think we all as, as a busy mom can attest to, I've got, yes, tapers coming. I'm going to do some other of those things. Some of those, they're going to stay till after race day. 
shut the closet door. Nobody needs to know any better. Don't have company come over till after race day. It's fine. It's fine. So don't start anything new right before race day. Don't pick up a new hobby. You're going to go scuba diving because you got two weeks and less time. Don't start anything new. You're going to regret that um, come marathon time because you're taking away those gains that you're looking to recover from the taper out in the yard because you just raked your half acre worth of, of yard and there goes all your, your energy. So I know I'm not the only one with a laundry list of things to do that I put aside during my training. I'm not pulling them out now. I'm going to be disciplined and I'm not going to do that. So you'll start fresh on race day because you waited. Procrastination, little, little benefit to procrastinating. Keep it going yeah. till after race day. Great point. And I've definitely done that with my yard work and my landscaping before. So I've made the mistake of you know, having a weekend where I'm like, oh, I, I have an extra recovery day here. Let me do this out in the yard for six hours. And I'm like, that was not a good idea. So now I even know, and I, I feel guilty, like kind of looking at my yard and I'm like, but you know what? I got a race. And that's honestly, for me, that's a little more important than my yard looking nice. Um, I'll get to it after race. Um, but the best thing guys that you can catch up on or dedicate more time to is sleep right? How many of us don't get enough sleep on a daily basis? So this is the prime time, like spend that extra hour you have half hour, whatever it is that you're running less and actually get some better sleep, right? Get some better sleep hygiene and, you know, get your schedule down that you normally wouldn't be right. Get consistent with your bedtimes, consistent with your wake up times um, and really make that a focus during your taper time. Because honestly, if you're like me, you know, that's always a bucket that, you know, I'm definitely not hitting on a, a routinely consistent basis. So with that being said, you, 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 I, I definitely know I need to add some more sleep, sleep time. What I've, I've learned to do is not take it into big, all right, I need to get more sleep, especially during the taper. And I've got some, I'm back from my long run early. I can go to bed. I'm not going to bed at eight o'clock. That, that's just not going to work. I'm going to incrementally reduce it. I'm going to add 15 minutes here. I'm going to add half an hour here. So it's not like you have to stop your life to get sleep, but it is so beneficial. And now is an even better time to do it. So don't think of it as I got to get eight hours sleep. I didn't get eight hours sleep. I'm not going to be fresh. Add 15 minutes. If you normally get seven, if you were at six, be happy, add 15, add 20. It's not an overhaul, but your body will totally reap those benefits, but with it, with new, newfound 15, 20 minute increments and keep adding from there because we all know life's gonna happen again and we can add some of that new habit in afterwards because you've started it now and know how beneficial it is. And you'll see that again on race day, it all shows up, it all comes together on race day. And you'll be so thankful you shut the TV off, didn't watch whatever rerun or Netflix and chill option you had and went to bed instead. It'll make a huge difference. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. So this is definitely something I want to kind of switch gears just a little bit um, to food, because who doesn't like talking about food, right? We always talk about food when we run. Um, you know, what do we what do we do during this time period during taper? Let's kind of talk almost like, you know, for marathon training two to three weeks out. Um, do we make any adjustments because we are exercising a little less? 
Um, we're not burning as many calories. And then we'll talk kind of the week of the race, if you don't mind. I, I was exactly gonna, I hope you were gonna have that conversation because there's something about race training and you're like, I'll just have a little extra helping of this. I got 20 miles, I got 14 miles. Well, during that taper week, you don't wanna eat like you have been in training for your peak weeks. You're gonna eat with that reduction, less output, a little less input, not a whole lot, but a little less. And it's important to, um, to continue eating the food groups and the diversity that you are eating. Get it all out of the way. You, you're not gonna wanna try too close to race day, the new Mexican restaurant, the new Indian place down the, around the corner, don't do it. Keep your um, nutrition just as whole. It doesn't mean an extra, an extra dessert. It, it doesn't mean, keep the food groups whole and clean whatever you were fueling yourself with that was working. Don't change it up now. Keep strong with your nutrition. Just reduce again, because your, your volume is less you need to have a little less. You're not going to eat the same. You may not even want to feel like you eat the same because you're just not as, as burning as much. It, it, it's really common to continue to eat like you were when you're training, but your training changed. So your nutrition intake should change a little bit. That's important to do. Yeah. And I think the important part you just said there was a little bit, right? Again, you don't need drastic changes, uh, but just reducing a little bit of, you know, the portion size, honestly, for your meals will do it. Um, so just thinking about trying to reduce that a little bit, just because you don't want to feel like, you know, two to three weeks out that you're, you know, feeling a little heavier or you're gaining a couple of pounds and then race week, you're like, oh, I'm too heavy to race. Let me like try to lose weight now because that is not the week that you want to be trying to lose weight whatsoever, because that's really when we need to build up our glycogen stores and actually have that on board for your race, because that's what you're going to use for energy for your race. That's what's going to fuel you during your race. Um, so yeah, let's talk kind of race week um, in terms of kind of nutrition. What are some things that you know runners should keep in mind um, the week of the race? The week of the race, you've got these excited jitters. You're, you, the week is, is going by either not fast enough or too fast, but either way it's happening and, and you're okay with it because you know you've put in all the work, you've got the training, you've added to this week some more sleep, you've added a few more um, car carbohydrates, you, you've kept that in for your, your glycogen so you can put your stores ready to go. You've added more water. You're not doing anything new. This week is a big week. You're, you're not doing anything you haven't done before. You've got the plan. You've got your sleep. You have, you, you, you don't want to carb load. I'm not telling you to have a, a crazy pasta dinner every night this week. Actually, what I'm going to say is the night of your race, you're actually not going to have your heaviest meal. Some people go to these pasta parties. We, we the never ending pasta bowl. Everybody, come on, don't do it. Have a heavier lunch the night before, and have an average or your normal uh, food you're familiar with eating before race day that night. You want whatever to be um, in your system, not keeping you sluggish, digested, 
and you want to make sure you can tolerate it. That's the worst thing you want to do is have, you know, your heavy pasta party or whatever it is you're eating as your last meal before you wake up with, with nerves race day. So your largest meal of the day of the race should be lunch. Have your snacks, have a breakfast, have a normal dinner, but make that the largest meal. You definitely don't want to save that. Um, or, or the night before even, you know, two nights before, depending on your stomach. Some people really have sensitive stomachs, especially with the nerves coming and, and just the, the thought of it. So, you know, your body, maybe, maybe the largest meal is two days before the race and you're just stay consistent with your, your protein and your carbohydrates and, and your fats all throughout the day, the day before. So important during that first first two days to make sure you don't do what so many people do. We've done it. I've been there. Pasta and sauce, pasta and sauce. We're going out. We're going to have big bowls of pasta. I've regretted it. I learned that the hard way. Don't do it. Um, and if you're on a destination race and you're tapering, you're going to go out to a restaurant. Don't try the spicy <laughs> Fra Diavolo sauce with your pasta, uh, whether it's the lunch or the, the night, just eat consistent foods you know are going to help you um, mentally and physically digest it well because you don't want that coming up on you really you don't so destination find something you know you've eaten before and stick with it yeah save save the fancy Diablo for after the race yeah yeah and don't feel bad asking you know um, at the restaurant to just make it plain right and I kind of felt bad a little bit, but I didn't at our last destination race that I was with coach Lou, um, in Rhode Island there, we went to a restaurant and a lunch, right. And the day before the race and I got pasta and I'm dairy free. They put some grated cheese on the pot. I just said, can I have pasta with olive oil? That was all I wanted, right. Tomato sauce. I want acidic, right. Get a little heartburn. I need any of that the next day. So I get the olive oil and it came out with cheese on it and I felt bad you know, Lou was like starting to eat over there. And I was like, I feel bad, like having them send it back. But I told her no cheese. They put cheese on it, but I wasn't going to take the risk. Like, why am I going to wind up having an upset stomach just because I felt bad sending it back? So, you know, don't be afraid to just ask them to and, you know, make it plain or, you know, exactly. Don't try anything crazy. Um, the day or two before. And yeah, I'm a big fan of definitely more lunches, kind of the last, um, you know, big, bigger meal, but it doesn't, you don't like start to like, think you need to like build up, like you're never going to eat again. Right. And I think there's a misconception of, you know, I, I I'm going to carbo load and like eat as many carbs as possible. Um, you don't need to eat that many, right. You just really, the big, the big, point is you need to really shift your percentages of what you're eating. And if you're eating usually, I don't know, 50%, let's say carbs, you know, 30% protein, 20% fats, then you're going to shift that to like 20% protein, 60% carbs. So you're just changing your percentages, right? Maybe having a little bit like for me, I'm big, like turkey sandwich guy, right? Having a little less turkey, and then having more carbs and having more of the easily digestible carbs that coach Latoya talked about, you know, so those are your white 
starchy things, the things that maybe if you're kind of living a healthy lifestyle, which hopefully you are listening to the Healthy Runner podcast, you know, maybe you're having more of the darker, you know, types of starches like brown rice, and you're having sweet potatoes, and you're having whole wheat bread, you know, things that have fiber in it that keep you fuller longer, right? Um, that's all great for your normal kind of nutritional intake, normal diet, um, so many benefits that but not before your race, the couple of days before. That's where you really want to shift to more of carbs that are going to be easily digestible and that are going to be stored as glycogen. And we want to decrease our fiber intake for the days leading up to the race. So you want to decrease definitely raw vegetables, no raw vegetables, no fruits that are high in fiber. Um, again, those are all part of a great diet. They're just not great the day before or two days before race day. Uh, hopefully you guys have already practiced your uh, fueling and what you were eating before your long runs anyway. So you know what works. And, and if you found a, a lunch or a dinner plan or you had a salad and it didn't work out with you, don't try it again the week up. You've already put a lot of this. Um, this is not new thought processing, really. It's not. It's just putting it all together. You, you knew it was a bad idea to have, oh, I don't know, three sweet potatoes before before your run. You thought it was great because it's good in carbohydrates, but the next day, all that fiber wasn't good for you. So you've already put in the work. Just do what you've done before. Um, whatever worked for your previous long runs, put it together the race week. Everything you ate before the long runs really, is, I think is a good idea because you've already decided, you know, beans and, and, and rice weren't the best choice before the long run. Don't put it in, but the rice was. Rice and the chicken worked out well, skip the beans on the side. You've already done it. So just, it's, it's such a cumulative process. All that long running uh, dinners and lunches before, the same thing goes into race week. Absolutely. Now, um, I believe you, are you a vegetarian or are you vegan? I am, I'm plant-based. I don't eat any, any You're dairy. Okay. Um, so what is your go-to um, before rate, like leading up to the race? Like what will be your uh, meals leading up to the race? What's your the kind of go-to staples? I will probably enjoy a rice, avocado with a little bit of black bean uh, wrap. That'll probably be my, my meal. I mean, it's, it's substantial. There's plenty of rice. It's all a hearty wheat wrap with avocados for my fats, greens, um, some celery, just a little bit of vegetables because I know that works for me. I'm, I'm going to throw in some of those classics. I'm going to eat some bagels. I'm going to eat a bagel. I'm going to give it a schmear of peanut butter. Um, I'm going to eat a sweet potato. It works for me. I'm going to have a sweet potato one or two days before because it works for me. I've already known know that it works. I'm going to have, um, I, I'm going to have really nothing that I haven't tried before. Bagels are a staple. My wraps are a staple. I'm going to go for some bananas and peanut butter on some whole wheat toast. It's classic. Mm -hmm. That works for breakfast. It works for lunch. It's a whole meal. It has everything I'm, I need on it. All my fats, my carbohydrates, some protein. Perfect. So that works for me. So uh, being plant-based, I don't have to just give up all the, the, the greens and lettuce. I can just move my, my food choices over to less raw vegetables and still get what I need. Excellent. Yeah. And so, you know, my staples, 
I kind of shared a little bit, you know, definitely Italian. So who doesn't like pasta, right? If you're Italian. Um, so usually the dinner two nights before, I'll usually go out to like our local, like, you know, best restaurant that we like to go to and I'll get the olive oil with the pasta and I won't feel guilty about having the nice soft rolls. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll really do that and put, you know, maybe, you know, some vegetables in there like carrots and mushrooms and a little bit of broccoli. Um, and then really enjoy that meal. Right. Like I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, getting my glycogen stores all ready to go. And definitely being from long Island, New Yorker, like bagels are our thing. So I will definitely the next morning, make sure I have a nice bagel. Um, and then I do, I am a big fan of more of, you know, like almost like a sub sandwich, like a nice soft, like roll, and then put a little turkey in there. Not too much protein, like I mentioned before, but I'll do like, you know, a piece of lettuce, you know, some pickles, um, which will also be good for a little sodium, um, do the pickles in there in the sandwich. Um, but I've also done like a baked potato before with some just grilled chicken. Again, not too much protein, but get some protein in there and some cooked vegetables. That's also worked out well for me in the past where I will um, cook carrots, mushrooms, um, you know, some, I don't know if I, yeah, green beans I've done. I just don't try to do too much, you know, but definitely cooking the vegetables helps um, decrease um, the fiber intake and it allows your body to actually digest um, the vegetables a little bit better. So those are pretty much, I would say, you know, my go-tos, my staples. I think Coach Lou um, is a fan of rice. I know many runners, you know, do the white rice um, and potatoes is another popular thing. Just make sure guys, if you haven't figured it out for, if you haven't done it, um, probably don't do a lot of like French fries um, that, you know, you don't want greasy, fatty types of potatoes. You do want to try to have more of the, uh, you know, plain potato version um, versus fried um, before race day. Any last nutritional dietary tips that any of your athletes have been kind of asking you? You know, they have, they actually have. We I had some people talk about fueling and I said, you practice your water, practice your Gatorade, your, 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 your nutrition, practice it now, ha have an extra one. Yes, you're, you're tapering less, drink an extra hydration, drink an extra electrolyte the day before. Make sure you're staying hydrated. They've asked me, I said, absolutely. Add, add, add at least one electrolyte fluid the day before you're running. It's gonna help you, it's just gonna, uh, make sure you have exactly what you need because you're taking in more water, taking one of the electrolytes. Um, that was actually, it actually just came up this week. So it's funny that you said that, that somebody did ask, but just drink more water, throw in whatever um, electrolyte package you're using and add that during one or two days before the week, the race, the race rather. Awesome. All right. Let's get down to our final stretch here, coach. If you can change one thing about the misconception of tapering before a race, what would that be? That you don't have to have a case of the taper crazies. You don't have to. You don't have to make it miserable. You have to just stick with the plan. You, you've figured it all out. Don't derail and go sideways and do nothing. You will go crazy. You will absolutely wonder how you're going to show up strong, strong for race day. You don't have to have those taper crazies where you're not sure what to do with yourself because you already have a plan. Just stick with it and no, you've put in all the work, no need to go crazy. That just adds more stress to your life. We already have enough of that going on. 
and just show up. You don't have to taper and go crazy. Taper crazies are not a thing. They don't have to be your thing. They don't have to be. Just follow your plan. You've done the work. Show up for race day strong because you did it. You did the work. You're ready to do it. Yeah, and trust the process, right? Don't go, don't go rogue on you know your coach or rogue on the plan that you've been following. Um, all of the strategies that Coach Latoya talked about in this episode, you know, are tried, true, and tested. And we've seen athletes who go rogue on the plan um, because either they're not trusting the process, they just think like, oh, I need to you know run X number of miles this week. Um, because I just need to do that. And, or they're afraid that if they run less then they will kind of go out of their mind. Right. And so I, I think there is in the running community too, there's like this whole big, almost like anxiety over tapering. And I feel like people get like all anxious about it. Cause everyone's like talking about it and like saying, Oh, I, I hate this time. Or, you know, they're, they're worried about this and it, it's not anything to be worried about. It's you're allowing your body to actually get in the peak condition and at the peak time, like it's all purposeful and why you have started this taper process. Like it's backed by science, right? This is how our bodies respond best to training and a training cycle. So just trust that like this has worked you know, for many, many runners and all of the elites, right? Like this is what they do. So don't let it get you crazy. Don't like, you know, buy into the hype and, you know, try to make things more complicated than they are. You know, listen to the tips that we talked about today and you'll be just fine. And you'll be feeling your best for race day. And that's most important, right? That's why you're doing what you're doing, why you are running a race, um, whether it's to run your first kind of long distance race or to get a good time, right? You want to challenge yourself. So we're kind of putting you in that position and just kind of recapping here just to kind of, you know, make sure that we kind of lock this in our brain as we move forward here. We talked about why is tapering important? We talked about, do you lose fitness when tapering? The answer was no, you don't. Um, how many weeks you should be tapering? We talked about three weeks for the marathon, two weeks for the half marathon. And then we talked a lot about what you should be eating during tapering in terms of not eating more calories than you need to initially, and then changing the percentages of what you're eating and making sure you're getting in those carbohydrates without going crazy with this carbo loading. And you need to have these like huge meals of like bowls and bowls of pasta. Um, you don't want to, or need to do that at all. Um, so if some of these tips were helpful for you, this is like what we do with all of our athletes, um, as coaches. And if you are struggling to put some of the pieces together, um, with your running and either you can't stay healthy or you just don't know how to train properly and stay healthy and get the best benefit for what you're looking for to do with running and you want to get stronger as a runner and you want to stop kind of just doing random exercises, you know, and throwing them at the wall and you just, you know, see all these different exercises. I've actually talked to a bunch of people this week and they're like, I get all these exercises from YouTube and I follow all these different people and I've started doing all these exercises, but now they're doing like seven different plans. And like some of them are canceling each other out. Um, and you're looking for consistency and structure in your training 
we have a solution for you. Our team healthy runner coaching program that coach Latoya um, and the rest of our coaching team will work with you one-on-one to provide you the structure, the accountability, take the guesswork out of strengthening in order to run. So strengthening for runners, and then you get the whole support, like the support from our whole um, healthy runner coaching team, as well as our athletes to keep you motivated to become a lifelong injury-free runner. So today we talked about getting ready for a race, but our passion is not only allowing you to crush your race, but to provide you the tools, the strategy to become a lifelong injury-free runner. So if you are ready to take your running and your health seriously, and finally put all the pieces together, like all our athletes have done really this past training cycle, everyone who's here on the live, like you guys are crushing it. We are so proud of you guys. Um, you know, let's jump on a strategy call with me and see if you're a good fit to work with coach Latoya or any of our coaches to help you crush your running goal and become a lifelong injury-free runner. So those listening on the podcast, I will drop the link in the show notes and you can go there and we can discuss and see if it's a good fit for you and see if you are a good fit for what we do and how we help runners. So coach Latoya, thank you very much. How can tell the listeners, um, where can they find you? Where, where can they reach out and connect with you? I am always ready to go and have a conversation with a DM. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me in Messenger, Latoya Felton. I'm also on Instagram. You can find me there. I would be happy to chat, happy to add you to the friend list. And hopefully we can, uh, our paths will cross with a, a run or a training session. I am here and excited to watch your running journey wherever you are, progress. Wherever you're ready to start, I'm right there to help you. Happy to cheer you on and get you to where you want to be because it's you versus you out there. I'm happy to help you. Yeah, we will certainly drop all of those links below. And as I mentioned, Coach Latoya is a moderator within our Healthy Runner Facebook group, and she is constantly responding to your questions. Um, so you can easily reach out to her there as well. Thank you so much again, Latoya. This was so informative. And I've been honestly waiting to do this episode for a while because we always get this question. And I was like, we have to do an episode on this topic. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time uh, to educate our Healthy Runner community. Um, as you always do on a weekly basis. And I just can't wait to see you crush your marathon in Hartford very soon. And I will be oh, there to see you finish <laughs> under that arch. I cannot wait. Um, yeah, this is very, very exciting. I'm excited. Let's come on October 9th. Let's do this. <laughs> yes. Yes. And thank you guys. Everyone who jumped on the live, everyone who's watching on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel, or if you're crushing a run right now and listening on Spotify or Apple, um, I appreciate you guys. Remember, every week we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. Um, check out our events tab. Man, we've got some amazing guests coming up, guys. Uh, we got some special, special episodes coming your way. I'm super excited about this. I've um, been scheduling kind of hardcore these last couple of weeks. And you guys are going to like the guests that we have lined up these next uh, two months, honestly, and the topics that we have lined up for you. So you can always join us for the conversa conversation live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group and get your questions answered. Thank you again. And remember, let's stay active, let's stay healthy, and let's just keep on running. Until next time, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? 
Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash spark your training and you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Also, if you like the content in this podcast, then you will like the community even better. Head over to our Healthy Runner free Facebook group so you can get all the bonus content, blog articles, and get your questions answered by myself and our team of Healthy Runner coaches. The fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me. That is at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I'll give you a shout out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new Healthy Runner Strength Program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I just love our Healthy Runner family. And remember, guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.